It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here, as always, with my partner in feminism, Zerlina Maxwell. But we are joined right now by an actual bona fide NASA rocket scientist. She's also an author, a TED Talk speaker, a journalist. Olympia LaPointe, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it is my pleasure to be here with you. I am, I have so many we questions. We were so excited. Yeah, I know. We're nerds. Like you combine <laughs> so much of our favorite stuff. Like you, we, yeah. you, you combine space and rewiring your brain. And those are yes. two things that we talk about a lot on this show. So we saw your book and you've got a new book. It is uh, Answers Unleashed to the Science of Attracting What You Want. And we were like, yes, yes, we would like to have this conversation with the rocket scientist who can help us attract what we want. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Well, it it took a long time for me to reprogram my own brain to reach great feats. And I am excited because my book Answers Unleashed to the Science of Attracting What You Want deals with how to make six decisions so you can actually find that future and then navigate your way with your decisions to get there. And it's it's a science to do that. And so this new decision-making science is an easy science. Anyone can pick up this book. And I'm really happy because in it, I share my own experiences. And plus I share about how our decision, our decisions matter and how we have different futures in front of us, but we have the option to pick the one that we want to go to. As long as we always remember that, we can make decisions in a way that will literally bring us to the future that we want and we get a chance to actively create what we want. So one of the things I think of when you say that in in this moment is how in the beginning of this, what we're sort of framing as pandemic year, even though it's been longer than a year. um, It's all the same year. is, Is the epiphany at the beginning of the pandemic year that we didn't have control, at least in part. Of, of, of much of sort of our circumstances. So everybody's life changed in a significant way, not the same way, but in a significant way because of the pandemic. So how do you approach that reality where we know that you can control what you do, but you can't control the world and then navigate to sort of go in the direction that you want? Because that's sort of what I, I'm obsessed with this, this idea while I'm in here, because I'm like, when I go back out, I'm not going to go back to what I did before, right? I'm going to try to make it closer aligned to like what actually I enjoy doing, what makes me happy. So in this weird pandemic world, how do you, how do you do what you just said? How do you, how do you adjust it for, for our sort of lived reality right now? That's a great question. Uh, whenever we go through any tough experiences like the pandemic that we're experiencing now, we go through states of fear. And what fear does is it shuts off the frontal brain lobes and the frontal brain lobes are responsible for creative problem solving. And when we have fear, the reptilian part of the brain fires. So if you are constantly worrying about the pandemic in which all of us, every single one of us on the face of the planet have experienced some sort of trauma from this pandemic, we are not, I'm not knowing 
Unfortunately, doing so, we're turning off our executive mind. With when anytime we are fearing or worrying about a situation, we are turning off our mind and we're thinking that we have no control over anything. And which in some cases we don't have control over uh, whether or not the, the vaccines work effectively in, in all cases. And we don't have control over uh, how people can stay safe 100% all the time, exception to wearing the mask and social distancing. But we do have control over this, our decisions. And when we understand that we, in every single day, in every single moment, we can walk forward and making decision by decision by decision by decision, we then take control back, take the power back, allow us to be able to see, hey, we are going through this tough time, but I'm gonna make this decision to focus on rewriting my resume right now, even though there's no jobs out there, let's say, or I'm going to take the, the option right now to refocus my thinking on, all right, how am I going to stock up for food in the future? That decision, each one of these small decisions that we make turns off the fear in our mind and turns on the executive brain that we have so we can start seeing the world with the opportunities that exist in front of us. Because I'm a firm believer that if we can see the opportunities in advance, we can make decisions for it and the fear turns off. Oh, that makes so much sense. Is that why, okay. practically speaking, I just have one follow-up. Practically yeah. speaking, is that why it works better when you have a schedule than when you don't? Like, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, you know, because we both are on-air political analysts, which wasn't really necessary or needed at the beginning of the pandemic. So for, you know, half my day, I was just like mulling about. But then when I realized I needed to get a routine of some sort, like even if it was like sit in this spot for 10 minutes, like I needed intentionality behind like what I was doing. I couldn't just be like move from thing to thing without intending, like, oh, I'll play with the dog because I walk past the dog. But like, you know, trying to think of it like what I can control is the decision to do fill in the blank thing at this time. Is that is that brain science? What that is, is the ability to plan. When we have, I'm a firm believer that when we have two things, prayer and the, the planning capability, we can start seeing opportunities. Now, not everybody is a person that writes things down. Some people are audio learners. Some people are visual learners. So writing things down may work well for a person like that. Or some people are kinesthetic learners where they actually have to do things in order to feel like they have uh, a sense of ability to grasp life. So we each take in things in a different way. When we can actually look forward to something, I think that's what you're finding. Yeah. When you can look forward to something every, like the next hour, oh, I'm going to watch my favorite show or like tomorrow I'm going to get dressed up and take a walk. You know, <laughs> it, when we can actually look forward to planning something that we enjoy, we then turn off the fear. And that is what you're experiencing in that opportunity. That makes sense to me. Oh, that absolutely does. I, Okay, so this is this is always Zerlina loves self help. Like she loves this this genre. I am so resistant to it because I'm live. just I'm such a cynic that every time I hear this, like every time I hear someone say you can control your decisions, I'm like, doesn't that come from an insane place of privilege where like you get to determine, like you are the only determining factor in your life, but your story is not one of privilege at at all. You you grew up in 
a really hard way and you are a black woman in STEM and you're not coming to this advice from this idea that like everyone's got the same bootstraps so we might as well all get pulling. So talk a little bit about reconciling that because I was I was it was great to hear it come from somewhere else. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm definitely, I was not raised in privilege. That's that's, that's a 100% accurate fact. In fact, I was raised near uh, South Central Los Angeles and I went through everything you can possibly imagine, really tough situation that a young girl can go through. Very horrific things, triggering things, if you will, uh, with uh, gang violence. And if you watch my TED talk, I was uh, stabbed in the face by a gang member when I was uh, 10 years old in a classroom. That's another story. I was uh, just sexually abused when I was younger. And I even failed my math grades, the, 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 what, uh, algebra, geometry, calculus, and chemistry, because I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing well emotionally. I was struggling. And it was when I It was when I was 16, when I was working with uh, my math teacher who sat down and volunteered to help the students, and I was the only one that showed up. That moment in time was the epiphany moment for me where I realized the the person who is stopping me is myself. I, I may be seeing the most horrible things in front of me, but I have a choice. I have a choice to either accept fear and think that that's gonna be the way for me, or I have a chance to to see something that I want and move forward towards what I want versus what I don't want. And I have that choice. And when I realized that we each have a choice, we each have the ability to move forward and make decisions. And so we take our power back through our decisions. That's when I realized I have to share this with the world. I have to share that each one of our decisions in our faith, in our identity, in our uh, intent, in our learning, in our resources, and in our relationships affect our future. And when we can take power of our decisions in each one of these areas and start making them, and then not only make them, but actually look forward to what we want to go to, not what we don't want to go to, my friends, that's when the power is unleashed. I feel that because there's something really empowering too when you say no to something um, that you probably, because Jess and I talk about this all the time where, uh, you know, in our line of work, everybody says you have to go to this party or go to this network ev- event or like schmooze with this particular person. And I'm always very skeptical of that because I've done it a million times and I never leave feeling fulfilled or anything. I feel like I have to be a fake person in those spaces. And I don't like, I don't like doing that. So like being more intentional it's like the opposite of Shonda Rhimes year of yes it's like I'm gonna say no to things now unless I really want to do them unless they're like really adding something important that I am I want to do I say no to even cool things but it it feels so good because it feels (laughs) like (laughs) I I I am taking control over what I would what I how I want to spend my time you know and I think especially in the pandemic year I've been thinking a lot about like, how do I want to be spending my time versus like, what am I doing? Because before it was, we were doing a lot of commuting to the jobs and traveling for the work. Um, And so I feel like this pause has been a moment to sit sit back and say like, oh, what do I, what makes me happy? And Mm -hmm. I want to spend time doing that. Yeah, well, you bring up an excellent point. Saying no is great, but you you have to also ask, what am I going to replace it with? Because yeah, yeah. any time that in, in physics, uh, energy 
it always remains energy, for example, or in space always remains space. So meaning if you have a jar and you drain water out of it, that space still exists for something else. And whether it be air that goes into it, or you can put jelly beans into it. I mean, just I'm just giving you a visual uh, yeah, representation. Yeah. If you say no to something, figure out in your mind what you're going to say yes to. Oh, I like that, that way. You okay. can reprogram your mind, recalibrate your life in the direction where you want to go. Like if you don't want to go to that party or you don't want to schmooze, all right, what am I going to do instead? Oh, I've, I've been always wanting to write this article. I'm going to write this article and submit it for the newspapers. Or like, I've always wanted to write my book. I'm going to start on chapter one tonight. I mean, things like that. Or if I don't want to go out to this particular party, what one-on-one -on -one, uh, uh, meeting or lunch can I make with someone who I do appreciate that I want to spend time with? That way, that choice is conscious in our minds and it allows us to be able to move forward in the direction where we have pleasure, where we have joy. And that energy in itself gives us more abilities to make effective decisions tomorrow, the next day, and 10 years to come. That makes so much sense to me. This is, I'm sorry, this is just turning into therapy for me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I just, well, cause I, you know, I, oh, no, I, I, I love this stuff. I, this is, so, the therapy that I need is math related. You, you coined, you, you, you coined mathophobia. Yes. My first, I have it. I have yeah, it well, bad. Like yeah. I talk, I talk for a living. And, but if you asked me to add two numbers together, I would freeze up in fear and cry. Like mm -hmm. I, it's, how do you go from that to being hidden figures? <laughs> oh, great question. Well, you're not alone. You know, nine out of 10 people have a fear of mathematics. And that was the reason why I wrote my first book, Mathophobia, because so many people are scared of math. And because of that, there's a 60% dropout rate when people study the sciences, this science, technology, engineering, mathematics fields, because that's a prerequisite for going forward in STEM. So I wrote that first book, Mathophobia, to help the parents because they couldn't help their children and then to help the college students who needed to finish their coursework and, and move on to the rocket science work and or any type of technology or, or technology or, or mathematics or science work that exists. So the way to overcome fear is naming and rejecting your fear. And in my book, I talk about the four of a problem. And it's not just a math problem. It is a relationship problem. It is a work problem. It is any type of problem that fears that, that we fear. So uh, for example, if, if I'm scared of uh, starting something, I become Quincy the quitter. If I'm uh, scared that I'm going to overdo too much, I'm Donna the overdoer. Uh, if I'm scared that no one's going to understand the way that I'm looking at things, I'm Samuel the struggler. And if I'm scared to become a beginner again, I am Crystal the criticizer. And so this book gives you a fun test for you to take. And if actually, if you go to mathophobia.com, you can actually take the test yourself and figure out which one you are. So if, if you know which type of fear personality you have, then you can actually rewire your own thinking. So you turn out to be different people like uh, Quincy, the quitter becomes David, the determined. And then, um, Donna the overdoer becomes Sarah the strategist and uh, the Samuel the struggler who is just a brilliant thinker becomes Ivan the inventor and then 
the crystal the criticizer becomes Ellen the explorer. So with these little small different ways of looking at a situation and then these tricks to actually tell yourself these, these truths. Uh, for example, it's like, oh, yeah, coincidental quitter will think, well, no one's gonna help me. Instead of having that thought, he'll have to think, okay, I'm gonna find the person who's willing to help me. And that's a big shift in the thinking. So when you can take these small statements and actually remind yourself of them and actually write them and put them on the mirror and watch, watch these words and remind yourself of these words every day, you actually start reprogramming your thinking to solve problems. So you do well in mathematics and you do well in finding the answers in everyday life. I love that. And I'm big on putting post-its up on all over my walls. <laughs> I am, I am, I've been doing that since I was in high school. I used to put, uh, like, it, I did track and field, so it was like, you know, this is how far I want to jump, or how high, or whatever, and it really does work. I, I, I highly recommend this. I'm, I'm living proof that this works. Okay, I just want to be able to add simple numbers together, that's all I need. <laughs> Olympia LaPointe, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, oh, the book is Answers Unleashed to the Science of Attracting What You Want. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Yes. Oh my God, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, please stay safe um, and good <laughs> luck with everything. This was great. Come back anytime. Yeah. I, I would love to. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Signal Boost podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more news.